Hey, sports fans. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Hosk. And if my internet doesn't improve, this week's episode might be a two-man show. I'm Jones. And just like Carrie and Patrick, I can wink too. I'm Kudo. And I predicted the final four of the Stanley Cup in our preseason picks. Go fuck yourself. Let's get into sports and stuff. What are we talking about? I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Or not. Ball into the wind of it is first up for Just a bit outside. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. Catch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. It's funny to me, too. Screw up. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. On tonight's episode, we're talking the Habs and the NHL Final Four. The Joker gets named NBA MVP before getting bounced from the playoffs by the Suns. MLB announces crackdown and discipline program for pitchers caught using foreign substances to create grip on the baseball. Euro 2020-2021 is just underway and Ronaldo has already set a tournament record. The U.S. Open goes this weekend, which means we've got picks in a fantasy draft. Us got stuff to talk about. And once again, Scrutinizer Jones puts us back on the grill. This is Intersports and Stuff. All right, boys. We've got to the Final Four in the NHL. I don't know who's there. I stopped watching after Game 7. Who, who's playing? You know who's playing. Don't lie. We've got the Habs in Vegas, and we've got the Islanders and the Lightning. I like how you went all nicknames for the teams except for Vegas. Yeah, because okay. who cares about Vegas and their Vegas is a knights? Too. Yeah, they're they're the knights. You could just call them the knights. It's golden knights. <laughs> VGK. <laughs> hey, I don't know if any of you guys saw the opening of last night's game. Well, I know Kudo did, but if you saw the opening of last night last night's game, it made me want to go to fucking Vegas and watch a hockey game. I'm not gonna lie. They have a really good atmosphere going right now. Yes. I did not see one second of game of live game action last night. I did see some highlights, but I did not see one second of live game. What were you doing? What were you doing? Sleeping? I was binge watching eight episodes of WWE NXT. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. You took that over the Habs, eh? That was an easy choice. Fuck you. So Vegas wins game one. Islanders and Lightning are playing. Islanders took game one, right? They're playing game two right now. Correct. Let's score game two. Two one Lightning. Going into the third. What uh, what are you guys picking for for results of this round and our, our Stanley Cup? Who's going to be our uh, our final two? I went with the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and the uh, New York Islanders. Vegas put out my preseason pick to win it all, so I got to cheer for him. And personally, I'm uh, I, I like Mark Andre Fleury. I think he's he's really rejuvenated his career. Like you look at how he kind of ended in Pittsburgh and getting taken by the Golden Knights, takes that team to the the cup final his first year there. And then last year, like they bring in Robin Leonard and it's almost like they were trying at the start of the year this year was, there was talk of them getting rid of flurry basically and letting Leonard take over the team and flurry had other plans for them. So I like his compete and his battle. It's uh it's been pretty good. So, that's why I took Vegas. Kudo? Uh, yeah, I got the Habs and Islanders going to the cup, cup final. And, uh, of course, I've got the Habs winning the Stanley Cup. And okay. as in our preseason, I picked all these four teams to be here, and I was right. You did. I'll give you kudos on that. You did have the final four picked here. You um, had them in the preseason? 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's all fucking good. I should have put money down, like Haas told me earlier, and I didn't. Yeah. But you didn't, so you're just an idiot. Yep. Okay, silly dilly dokio. I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's true. I went with uh, the Lightning, uh, basically because uh, I have Kucherov, Point, and Sergachev as keepers on my main fantasy team, so I'll, I'll support them when the Leafs are out. And then I went, uh, I went back to the ABCs. Uh, anyone but the Canadians or anyone but Kudo, however you want to look at it. Um, <laughs> so I got the Knights. Uh, perfect. I like that. Should we talk about the glove save carry price made last night? Oh my god, that was almost that was like so I, want pretty. That. I want to talk about that charge that Sherratt put on Pacioretty. I sent that to you guys. I didn't. Kudo wasn't really commenting. He was trying to play it off as Pacioretty got him. I don't know. I I saw Sherratt taking three strides at him. Are you and fucking then, uh, kidding me? Three strides. The the puck wasn't even there. <laughs> it was a, the definitely it was definitely interference. Like uh, the puck wasn't even there yet. It should have been like a five game suspension for interference. Fortunately, Patch already picked his head up at the last second. Are and, you uh, fucking kidding me? Patch you know, braced, braced, braced himself for the contact that was coming. But oh, you're you know. delusional. I did. I did see a funny tweet today, and it was um, about how how is the NHL going to fix this series for the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> you know, the first series, the unfortunate John Tavares injury. And then next series is like Mark Shifley gets suspended four games. And they're, so now everyone on the internet's going about how uh, Mark Stone better keep his head up and, and uh, Petra Angelo better not do anything in the corner. Cause <laughs> one of them's going to get suspended. Oh so, fuck man. I found, I found it funny. It was it made me laugh because nobody can handle that the Habs are where they are right now. That's the problem. The Habs are the underdog and they're battling hard and they're doing what they got to do. And nobody can fucking handle it because it's all the Leaf fans being bitter about it. So I'll give the Canadians credit. Uh, I did, I picked them to finish second in the in the North in the regular season. They underachieved in the regular season. You know, I kind of wrote them off come playoff time because they. They faded so quickly and you know so badly in the regular season that a they were lucky to make the playoffs because if the North Division was was any better they would not have made the playoffs this year. But in the playoffs they've been unbelievable. Like credit credit words do they've been the best uh, you know they've been the better team uh, especially against the Jets. Yep. You know I think the Leafs should have probably won that series. The better goalie won that one. Um, and you know it is what it is. Like we are where we are. I stand by it. I still, I, I, I don't know how the the new division alignment is going to impact playoffs and whether they go back to four teams per division or whether they allow crossovers and wildcard. But I still have a hard time seeing how Montreal makes the playoff next year. So you know, I, I hope I hope you guys enjoy it. You know, enjoy your run. I am enjoying it. Let's worry hopefully about this. Hopefully, it comes <laughs> to an end. Hopefully, it comes to an end soon. No. And uh, yeah, we go from there. I, I'm going to agree with you, Oscar. I, I find it tough for them because playoffs are played totally different than the regular season. And like we said before, like the Leafs are a great regular season team. You've got Tampa Bay. You've got Florida, who's was better than Tampa Bay this year. Uh, you've got Boston. you got to worry about all those teams. And if it's only four... And, and, and with, with Boston, they've got Taylor Hall, David Krejci, Tuka Rask, all free agents... And they all publicly come out and said they would take less money to stay with Boston. So 
I like they're not doing their agent any favors in negotiations. That's for sure. <laughs> but you know, we're we're expecting them to get weak because of the salary cap. You know, they they may stay strong. So I, I find it hard that they get all three of those guys signed. I could see two of three. I don't think three of three happens. Well, Taylor Hall's got to take his discount. We were talking about that he yeah, could like, take in if he want. You know, he's going to be he's going to be like you know. You know, five million, four million, and yeah. then Krejci's got to be probably around the same, and maybe a little bit less than that mark. I think he was making six or five and a half right now, so he's got to be a little lower. So, and then Tuka's got to take probably six or less, I would think, to stay there. I don't know what he's making right now, but well, would Boston want to keep Rask around, considering they have Halak and Swayman, and Swayman's is an upcoming rookie who's looking pretty pretty good. I think well, you know, maybe you can entice um entice Seattle with a pick, you know, give a second round pick to take Halak in the expansion draft or something like that. And you keep, you know, Tuka oh, yeah. and Swayman if you want one of these young guys. You know, I think Tuka's still a better goalie than than Halak. Halak is you know five years older than Tuka too. So I, I would think that Tuka is gonna be more beneficial to them than uh Halak's than, a free you know, agent that, too. that tandem. Is he? Yeah. So there you go. They, they have a so lot. So maybe let's Halak walk and Swayman and uh, maybe the least pick up Halak and tandem him with Campbell. They have a lot of uh, RFAs and UFAs this year. Really? Like coming up in 21-22. Like they have, so with people they have signed, they have $36 million in forwards. They have $12 million in defense. So that brings us to 48. 48, yeah. Plus, so let's say forty nine because it's twelve nine and thirty six one. So, and then they have a million six in goaltending signed. So they have. So they got about thirty million, just over thirty million in cap space. Yeah, but they have to sign like if if you look at the amount of guys they have on the roster this year, they have to sign one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, 15 guys by the looks of things. So pretty much a whole team. <laughs> no, but a lot of those would be minor league deals. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of them are like like hundred thousand or like eight hundred thousand deals here. They'll be two way two way players though. Like they won't yeah. how many do they have under contract? They have Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchant, Coyle, DeBrusque, Smith, Wagner, and then a couple of rookies. Lazar's still under contract. And then on D, they've got McAvoy, Grizzlick, and Clifton. And then some rookies, Lazon. And then goaltending, they have Swayman and Vidar. Eldar? Vladar. Yeah, whatever his name is. But like, you also have to plan ahead too, right? Because I think the cap's flat again next year. Yeah. Right? So like Charlie Coyle's up in 22-23. Boss is up, I saw it. Bergeron's up in 22-23. So there is some guys that they're going to have to get re-signed. Yeah, but their money's still on the books, right? So unless yeah. Coyle chases a payday, you know, Bergeron will take a pay cut. I would think he's going to be, what, 37? Yeah, 37. So he, No, he's, he's going to even go join the Habs. <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> like, I don't know where he's going to play on that team. but First-line center. Okay, Isn't what are you doing with Kakanemi and Suzuki? And... They stay there. Okay. <laughs> Suzuki's second line, Kakanemi's third line. 
The note's gone. <laughs> Did you guys see the the U.S. announcers last night trying to pronounce Kakanyemi's name? Oh my goodness! Oh, he couldn't hilarious. spit it out. Kakanyemi. Pardon me. You think that's something you'd like work on? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like even if you can't, you have a phonetic spelling so that you know. Yeah, you know, how to pronounce it, like how to how to get it out. Right? How about that uh, pump fake last night by uh, Shea Theodore? That was I. Yeah, I hate to admit it, but it's it was fucking nice. That was by far probably one of the best fake slap shots I think I've seen. And like, you know, when you watch that from the angle that they showed live, it looked like Carey Price almost got it. Like, and then you watch the angle from behind the net. And like he was nowhere near it. He had no chance. Like he was, he was nowhere. Like from the one angle, remember we were talking about this. A kudo. He came out yep. so far on the slap shot, then it was, he was just yeah, he bit hard out of water. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, like that play from like the goalie's perspective, you see that guy get that puck in the slot like that. That once that stick goes up in the air like yeah, that, you just per, he's you know he's he, you're committing to a slop shot, right? Yeah, and you that, just glide. You, you can't right do anything out. else. You can't you can't you can't no. commit to a fake pass. Like it's just there's no way because no. he rips that rips that clapper at you. It hits you either between the eyes and you're not expecting it, or uh, or or there's no way to stop it, right? Yeah, like to be honest with you, if he if he shot that puck, like if Theodore shot that puck, Price would have made that save. Like there's no doubt in my mind because yep. just how far out of the net he was. Like there was no nowhere for him to go with that shot, and I think part of that probably weighed into his mind as he's getting ready to tee this up, knowing that that goalie is just going to be coming to challenge. Like that's that's his only play. Come out and challenge as much as you possibly can, and you know Montreal had a defensive lapse, and like I don't know how both those guys were so wide open, but they were. Well, they had like they had two or three guys sprawled on the ice that were. It looked like they were trying to block passes or something. Yeah, yeah. so it was not a good sight for the Habs there. But that was a, that was the nicest fucking fake shot because he even slapped the ice with his stick like he was about oh, yeah. to hit the puck. Like he was an inch away from actually hitting the puck. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, like you, you can't pull that a shit off like that. Like that's fucking unreal. And they and the Habs too. Like that game was lost on faceoffs. Like two of the. Th- Two of the first three goals were scored off lost faceoffs. Yep, and like they weren't even like close faceoff losses. They were they got beat clean. And to see just like when you're gonna in a defensive zone draw, you basically I think a mindset should be not to try and win the draw clean. It should be to try and like tie the guy up, like just just draw it somehow, like make the puck go to the boards kind of thing. Whereas a battle for it on the boards instead of trying to win it cleanly back to your defenseman yeah but that one it also got deflected off like cockney emmy or some shit if you watch the play it went the, off the a, third a, one yeah i think it was the third one that was uh who even put in that fucking third one the anmark the anmark yeah yeah that was that the was... one he put it like it off it went off a skate and that's why it went towards like the post like it did where he was yeah where he was the, he could get a, a stick on it the defenseman too like he didn't even he didn't really tie up the body. He he's like, oh yeah. yeah I don't I, know what Kulak was doing there. He was pissing me off last night too. He's like, he's like, I'm in somewhat a good position. Like, and all Yanmark did was like spin towards the post and put a stick on the ice and hit his stick and went in the net. Yeah, because Kulak was watching the puck. He wasn't even like taking like the guy yeah. out of the play. He was just watching the puck. 
oh, look, there's a puck coming. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'll just let you go for a little second and allow you to get a stick on the fucking puck, basically, is what he did. When you're not, that's, you're supposed to take away the stick and like him being able to put a stick on the puck. Yeah. Uh, He was pissing me off last night, Kulak. I don't think he was one of the worst fucking defensemen for the Habs last night. Yeah, they were talking that Petrie might be able to go game two. And then they were saying that, uh, there were the analysts were hopeful that Romanov would stay in because he uh, he played pretty well. Oh, and he had a huge hit too. Yeah, they figured he'll they'll need him for the physicality. Oh, definitely. He played well. Like I thought he'd be one of the guys who'd be kind of like you know have the jitters and kind of look like he was like out of place. But no, he played well. And I think the help is getting that big hit earlier in the game too. Got his confidence up, and everyone gave him the big fucking tap. Like great fucking hit. Did uh, did Price have a good game? Like I didn't I didn't see yeah. it, but it sounded like. Right. He- he plays played like at one point in the second period, it probably should have been like six one. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse if it wasn't for Price. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I saw a tweet that I sent to you guys and it was like, Care Price isn't a net, what's the score? And it was like three three Leafs Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it's true. Like at at this point right now, I think if if Montreal even makes the cup finals and doesn't win. I would say it's hard to not give Carey Price the con Smythe, like at this point. Yeah, but Tampa Tampa's got players that can make an argument like Kucherov points putting up huge points, point. Yeah. But Vasilevsky. Islanders, know. you know, they've been a pretty well rounded team, so if they're playing the Islanders, yeah, there's probably a lot bigger argument for uh for Carey Price than, you know, individual accolades for Islander players because they're you know, the four lines of scoring, you know, two goalies contributing. Yep. And yeah, I, I said just, early on in the beginning of the playoffs, if Price is on his game, they're the reason why the Habs are going to go far. As long as they can score goals and Price is doing his job, then the Habs have a, sh- a real good shot of going to the cup final here. But they also have to play their game against Vegas. They can't let they can't get into playing Vegas's game. They got to play their fucking game and stay out of the box because that's one thing I found last night too is that they were taking way too many penalties. Yeah, they took too many penalties. I don't think Vegas even scored a power play goal. No, but you still can't be in the box because then you can't get your guys out there to fucking do something five on five. Yeah, but see the d- difference between like Vegas and the teams that. Uh, sorry, I was going to say that was a nice shot. Um, that uh, the teams like the difference between Vegas and the teams that the Habs have beaten is that Vegas wants to play their four lines. Like their their lines, like they just send the lines over the boards. They don't care. They all play the same basic style of hockey and i think that'll that'll cause some trouble for the for the habs yeah but the habs have been playing all four lines as well and they run all four lines so that's why i think it's a really good matchup for the habs and vegas because you got all four lines going and it should be a really good series i think that it was a good game last night like it's not like the habs are like don't belong there they actually belong there and they've been playing well it's just they had a couple unlucky breaks there but i think that if they come back on game two and they play their game. They have a great shot of doing this and pulling it off. I think the Quebec government announced 3,500 fans for their home games. Perfect. So let's go. A couple extra, couple extra fans in the seats. We'll say that the off season has started in the NHL. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, after being eliminated with the Panthers, he's a UFA this off season. Um, did I say the Panthers? Yes, I, the, I think uh, I did. <laughs> Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Hamilton has been granted permission to uh, talk to other teams. 
in order to sign uh, extension ahead of the, I'll call it August 1st. I don't know when the free agency actually starts this offseason. But he, the benefit for a team to sign and trade for him, they can offer an extra year. So they can sign him for eight years instead of seven. Yeah. Uh, so there could be a, a sign and trade there. They may then need to protect him in the expansion draft. So I don't know how all of these pieces would come together, whether it's, uh, you know, they can seek the trade. They don't protect him in the expansion draft. He signs the contract and they trade him after the expansion draft before the free agency period. I'm sure there's some logistical thinking there that would have to uh, be done, but Hamilton is uh, open for business. We'll say. Um, and then the Rangers, who uh, cleaned house, they have hired Gerard Gallant, former coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, gold medal winning coach with Team Canada last week. Yep. He uh, He's coming aboard as the head coach. I think he signed a four-year deal, something like $3.5 million a season, which is it's probably mid-tier for uh, for NHL coaches. So Gerard Gallant is, uh, is back behind the bench. Yeah, we figured he'd. Wouldn't be uh, long to find a job. Yeah, probably one of the the better coaches in the league. I think. I'm yeah, surprised. He's got a good track record. Yeah. Um, with Florida and with uh, with Vegas, it, it seems that he loses the team though. That's that's would be my concern with bringing him in. Is you know he's each stop he's you know he's he's done well with the team for say two years and then he gets the boot and you know I don't know whether that's on the players or that's on him. Uh, he wants to win, so I think that's why he would choose the Rangers, who are an up-and-coming team. Uh, but it'll it'll be interesting to see what uh, what he can do with that group. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of shocked that Seattle didn't push harder to get him. I think just because you could kind of see what he did with Vegas as an expansion team. Yeah, but the the devil's advocate of that might be that he would have too much pressure on him because of what he did with Vegas and took him to a Cup final in their first season. You know, to have that sure. pressure to to step in with a, the next expansion team who is likely not going to have the same roster because, you know, a lot of teams got exposed by um, by McPhee and Vegas when they put their team together. Yep. And instead of giving up, you know, multiple players or multiple assets uh, to to give up player, a lot of teams are just going to say, you know, pick who you want and we'll uh, we'll move on. So they may not they may not get the same advantages that um that vegas saw in their first season yeah i think it's going to be a totally different expansion draft for them i agree i don't think teams are going to be making like here take this guy and we'll give you a first round pick kind of thing or we'll give you a pick or whatever they do right so yeah there's definitely gonna be a less uh, side deals going on i think yeah funny story that's come out is uh and i didn't even realize that uh nick suzuki was selected with the Jets first round pick who they gave up to protect. They wanted to protect the defenseman, Toby Enstrom. And there's one other one. That's not Ben Sherrod, I think was the other one. Who's they not even pro- there anymore. <laughs> they wanted to protect the, They wanted to protect those defensemen. So they gave up a first round pick for them to take, take a forward or whoever they, whoever they lost in the uh, expansion. And, you know, that pick turned out to be Nick Suzuki and those players. Enstrom played like five games after that, I think. And, and Sherrod, I think they, they traded him or he left as a free agent the next, after the next season. So And then Suzuki got traded to Montreal for Pacioretty, I'm pretty sure, didn't he? Yep. He was part of yeah. that deal. Yeah, with Tatar. Yep. Yeah. 
you know, like you just look at the the caliber of player that he is and what the Jets could have used in their lineup against the Canadians, right? And <laughs> yeah, most, they they gave him up essentially to protect players that that never amounted to anything. So I don't think that teams are going to try to make that same mistake. I'm sure the Jets would take that back in a heartbeat and let either of those guys go. Oh yeah, uh, in the expansion draft. So. I just can't wait to do my mock expansion draft. I'm fucking primed and ready to go. Yeah, I hope it's not a bust, Jones. It's going to be a bust. <laughs> Somebody get Pico to work on the the theme music for that in advance. Yeah. <laughs> when it's a bust or when it's uh or what? Well, that'll be for the following weekend, but then okay. we, we need like I think we can come up with something for when you bust. I'm sure we can. <laughs> that felt really sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> all right Mo- moving on moving on uh nba is uh in full swing of their players are in the second round uh one series is done as my phoenix suns swept those denver nuggets right out of the arena in round two nikola Jokic was ejected in game four for uh flagrant two they called it he essentially was took a big swat to knock a knock a ball out of the guy's hands and he clipped the guy's face on his way down. Barely. He got all ball. Well, he got all face <laughs> or the guy got all arm in his face. And then, yeah, Jokic did hit the ball right on the top. But, you know, you have to look at the other things that he hit with those those massive gangling arms as they, they came down from, you know, 15 feet in the air. I, I, could, see, <laughs> I could see him getting like a flagrant one for that. I, I I find it's a little soft to kick someone out of that game for that. I don't know. But it is basketball, so I don't really expect anything different. Because, like, you know, you see the guys flop around all the time. So, it's like every time they go to shoot, they try and jump into somebody or whatever just to draw a foul. So, it's the way the game's played. Did you guys see the clips circulating today of uh, Jokic's brothers in the stands? Like, they were ready to, like, come out of the stands and fight anybody on the Suns that would not... Uh melee was going down the other night oh no. no i didn't see that but i could see it and they were both like huge guys Jokic's size one's all tatted up like two guys that i do not want to fuck with that's you know i would uh <laughs> kev's not getting into a fight with them no unless you got that sense or the fan that's uh was giving the one guy uppercuts That was great. That was the best. I've never Sons seen somebody four. on the Suns and four. <laughs> that guy, th- that guy that got fed, like he deserved that. Like, oh yeah, the Suns. They, you know, I think they started it. The Suns guy, you know, pushed back on them. I think they were, you know, they knew they were against it. But you see the guy; he's putting his shit in his pocket. He's got a shit eating grin on his face, and then he just tries to catch the guy sleeping with a uh, with the with a cross from the higher ground, like a Superman punch. Guy, yeah, the guy just caught him and starts feeding him, and the just the guy's got the low ground, and he's just feeding this guy uppercuts. Probably broke his nose. Hopefully, <laughs> it was, yeah, like it was just ridiculous. And then he's just like, I, I, they're in Denver, and I'm pretty sure the Denver fans are cheering for this Suns fan that just kicked this guy's ass. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because the Denver fan looked like you noticed there was there was no Denver fans stepping in to to help these guys. Like there is, so they must, you, you know, they must've been doing something bad. Like you saw that, that, um, that Rockies fan that got knocked out same, same city, yep. that Rockies fan that got knocked out 
how many people jumped rows of seats to go and help that guy, right? Like but, three you know, or this, four. <laughs> yeah. The son the son's fan, nobody uh Nobody was fighting him, and then he's just just sons and four. Like <laughs> that was he the just best. called the shot. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, I think that was a, I was during game three that that happened. I that's got to be one of the best fights so far in the stands during this whole shit that's been going down with all these fights happening this year in the fan. Well, it wasn't much of a fight. It was a, one of the best ass kickings in the stands. We'll say. <laughs> yeah, those two kids. De- like I'm saying, kids, but they, I don't know what they, how old they were. But those two guys definitely deserved it. Two, they look those like, two young men. Those two young adults. Yeah, and they look like two douchebags, in my opinion. Like, and he had this shitty grin. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna. He was like, he was telling his boy, like, I'm gonna sucker punch him. Like, watch this. And then like he went to do it, but then he didn't realize that like, he was gonna get his fucking face caved in. Yeah. Moron. Nets and Bucks are ongoing. The Nets have run into some injury problems. Kyrie is out for the series. Harden was already out. It sounded like he was going to play tonight, so I don't know where. Yeah, he's back. He's back tonight. I saw him on the floor. Oh, that's good. Um, what's that series at? Do you know, Jones? It's 2-2. So the Bucks came back after being down yeah. 2-0. After they beat him by like, well, I don't know, fucking felt like 100 points on uh in game two the bucks won the next two at home and they were leading at one point when i flipped to the game in game five so we're gonna have some good good finishes here in uh the other like i think the hawks and uh sixers are uh are tied at two yeah yeah i think Embiid missed like 10 shots in the second half and like he was over 10 or something like that like just did nothing yeah, i think he only had like night. 13 points or something like that yeah, he had, a, he had a double-double, but I think he did nothing in the second half. Double-double yeah. in the first half and nothing in the second. His, yeah. I think he's got a partially torn meniscus, they said. So yeah. he's uh, he's fighting it. They're also talking about, uh, it, should they just like, you know how they used to just hack Shaq every time he got the ball, so he had to go shoot free throws because he was just terrible at it? <laughs> I think they're talking about doing the same thing to uh, Ben Simmons on the Sixers. <laughs> Because he's apparently he's a terrible free throw shooter, and they he's were just down. a terrible shooter in general. Yeah, they were well. They were down three with six seconds left, and they called the timeout. And they he didn't even come back on the floor to try and help them tie the game. I saw a highlight or clips from uh, pregame workout from him yesterday, and they're just like feeding him the ball and the call it just off of, like the low arch. He's just off the the three point line to the side of the basket. And he missed like five shots in a row. Like they're like, you know, 12 footers and he, you know, he, he missed them. Like he just did, in practice, wide open shots, uncontested, missed like five in a row. Like he's, he's fucking brutal. Uh, ever since uh, Jones shit talked uh, Paul George, he's been fucking out of this world. He's, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's put up, he's put up 30 in back-to-back games. The Clippers have come back to tie this series at two. That's going to be a, another good one, the, the Jazz-Clippers uh, Clipper series. Mike Conley's been out for the Jazz. I don't know if he's going to be back or not. Yeah, he's been out, and uh, Donovan Mitchell's got he's battling an ankle injury right now as well. He's playing, but he's like he's coming down very gingerly on the ankle. So that might be... Yeah, that's uh, not good news for them. That's a cause for concern for sure. Any other, uh, any other basketball stories or takes you guys... Uh, saw this week not really so some news in major league baseball this week uh so we talked a little bit last week about the the foreign substances and what they were gonna work on eliminating that from the game so they've uh 
they've announced that they will be banning the use of foreign substances from, you know, wide array of things from like sunscreen to, I think they call it spider tack or spider glue or something like that. Yep. Um, these are substances that are used for, some are used for grip, some are used for increased spin rate on the baseball. So it's, you know, grip for control and then essentially super grip for extra spin. Uh, so they're, they've announced that they're, anybody that's caught using a foreign substance will receive a 10-game suspension with pay. So I'm guessing that's because they are implementing it mid-season without union approval. So they're, they're not able to take money out of the players' pockets, but I guess they can, they can suspend them to keep them off the field. So it'll be, uh, be interesting to see what happens here. Tyler Glass now of the Tampa Bay Rays. He, uh, I guess he pitched yesterday and he, uh, he tore a ligament in his elbow and he spoke out against this yesterday that it, you know, is bullshit that they're, they're doing this in season that, you know, they've been pitching a certain way for God knows how, how long. And, you know, they do certain things to, you know, to assist with, you know, with their grip or with their control. And now, uh, you know, without getting any notice to prepare for this, they, you know, having to you know, adjust on the fly. He says that his, uh, his elbow injury is a, you know, direct contribution to this, uh, this rule change. Um, so it's going to be, going to be pretty interesting to see how, uh, how things unfold over the next few weeks. I, I'd see a lot of injuries, like between be it pitchers or, or hitters that are just going to be wearing baseballs because the, you know, they're going to try to throw a hundred without the, the grip and, and lose it. Or they're going, you know, instead of, you know, just throwing ninety three with control, right? So it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. Can I really ask a serious question? Of course you can. How how does sunscreen help you grip a baseball? They mix it with the rosin, so it creates kind of like a tacky substance. So it's like basically they using... make like a paste essentially with the sunscreen and the rosin. So like, could you not use your body sweat and the rosin, like you? Like you're allowed to? You could. I don't know that it's going to give enough uh, enough tap. But you do see, like, you see all the time pitchers, they uh, they take the rosin bag and they, like, dab it on their forearm. Um, so, that, you know, it, it's probably clumpy. And then they, you know, can rub their, rub their forearm. So, yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Like, you'd think that they would just make an approved paste or something. And you got, and they say, you can use this. And, you know, put it on the mound or something and, you know, give them give them something to use what, you know, there's, you know, dirt, uh, dirt and water. Like they, they just make like a mud, uh, a mud for them that they're, they're able to use. Yeah. I, 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 you just, know what I mean? Like, like I, I can kind of see, okay, it helps you grip the ball, but in the same sense, like maybe try not to throw the ball hundred miles per hour and you're just going to be able to still grip the ball. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But that's the thing. They, these guys throw a hundred miles. So, you know, you throw a hundred, you can throw it by people. You throw ninety three, and they're putting it in the third deck, right? And it's like, well, what are you, what are you supposed to do, right? These guys, a lot of these guys don't paint, right? Like they can throw it hard, and they can, you know, they get movement from the hundred. They, you know, if you take something off the way you throw it, you're not going to get that same, the same movement or the same reaction from the ball. So it, you know, you're susceptible to to being hit, right? So it, it's. It's difficult. Obviously, they're trying to give the hitters an advantage, and whether that's going to make baseball more exciting, I don't know. 
but that seems to be you know what they're trying to do. Yeah, th- these pitches are basically going to be Ricky Vaughn throwing hard and wild. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I can see using stuff for for grip, I guess, but like using stuff to give you more spin on your pitches and giving you nastier stuff when you're throwing 100 miles per hour. I think that's like that's when you bring yeah, it and that's too far. that's bullshit. Like, if you're using, if you have to use glue to increase your spin rate, like, I'm I'm, I'm with you. That, that that's that should be out. But if you're using, if you're using something that's just giving you the ability to grip the ball and, and hold it as you sling your arm over the top hundred, you know, to get a hundred miles an hour on it. Yeah. I have a harder time, you know, have a harder time with that one, especially. And, you know, I've seen a lot of, a lot of, uh, kind of joke memes and it's like major league baseball, you know, refusing to let players uh, yield to the sun or like um, major league baseball going to test if players are tougher than the sun and, and all this stuff <laughs> where they're not allowed to use sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was going to ask that, like, so you're telling me before games guys can't put sunscreen on now? No, they can. No, I guess, I guess they can. They just can't. So they can't just grab their arm and then go grab rosin and then well, grab the ball. <laughs> you, you don't want, you, you can't use an oily, oily sunscreen. Maybe. Like, I don't, you can't, uh, you know, they, what they probably do is they probably spray and then they rosin and they get that, you know, clumping or whatever. So oh. who, who knows how they're going to be able to, and how they're going to enforce it. You know, I'm, they're going to find a way. These guys will, they'll, they'll be creative. They'll find a way, whether they, they'll, they'll put it in their back pocket or something like that. And no, see, like they're going to be, they're going to be checked twice a game. Every player, every, every pitcher. pitcher. Every pitcher will be checked, and that's what I heard on the radio. They're going to be checked twice a game, and they're going to check them, like, obviously during TV timeouts, like when either they're walking to the mound or they're walking off the mound. So that way they're, they're not so TV So they're going to do pat-downs on all these pitchers? During commercials, yeah. They're going to check, like, belt buckles. They're going to check everywhere. That's what they said. That's what's so in the rule. What's going to stop the catcher from fucking doing something? Well, nothing's going to yeah, stop the, fir- the catcher. The fir- first baseman comes over and yeah. you know, wipes his glove on their glove afterwards and... Or the third yeah. baseman because they always get the ball from like the third baseman or something. Guys are going to start throwing their gloves into the stand right after uh, right after they record the out of an inning and. Uh... No, so what what I heard on the radio today was like, if you wanted to, you could go on wherever some website and you can find out the spin rate for the pitchers pitching. Right, like you can find out if their if their spin how their spin rate is like every inning kind of thing, and um, they were saying that. It used to be like a gentleman's agreement between managers not to call for a check for a foreign substance being used by a pitcher. But I guess there's been a couple managers that said came out now and said like because MLB is cracking down on trying to crack down on this, they will not be afraid to call like a check on the pitchers to see if they're using a foreign substance by just by looking on by someone in the dugout or down below the stadium looking at the spin rate of the pitcher's pitches. So basically so, like in hockey when they check for like the stick, like the blade? Well, they used to, right? Like you, well, you, don't, see, you don't see anyone call for a stick measurement anymore. Like, no, I don't even think that's a rule anymore. No, it is a rule. It's still a rule? But like, yeah, no, I yeah. thought you were allowed to have the banana fucking hook now. No, it's still a uh, rule. But like, come on. Like if you don't think Alex Ovechkin's stick is borderline fucking Oh, it's so illegal. illegal. You can fit a toonie like, under there. Yeah. So I think... It's just more of once I think once one manager calls for something like that, you might see it happen.
happen more often where they're getting called for people using substances and trying to make them spin the ball better. I don't, I don't think you will though, because what's going to happen, the manager's got to protect their players too. So if they start calling out other teams, then they have to know that their team is going to get called out. Right. So it's pettiness, right? So like if Charlie Montoyo calls out Tony LaRusso's team, It's not necessarily going to be Tony La Russa that comes up, but they're going to go into, you know, they're going to go into Yankee Stadium next. And then Aaron Boone's going to sit and be like, well, go check, go check them, right? And so if if you want your pitchers getting checked, you know, you've got to make sure you got to know that your team is clean. And the Blue Jays bullpen is so bad right now. Can they really afford to not be using these foreign substances on the balls? They're probably like, not. They gotta... <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're so fucking bad because they're not cheating. Yeah, I guess. But like, you got to think about it another way too. Like, what happens? You're down two one in a game that means something in like September that you're trying to make a push for the playoffs. You're down two one, and you're like, this yeah, guy... I think you say you save it. You you yeah. say you're not going to see. You're not going to call them. You're not going to call in July for it. But you know, if you're playing the Yankees in uh, you know late September, and you need a win and. Uh, that's what I mean. And, like, Chap- and Chapman's going to his neck. You know, maybe maybe you need to uh, you know call him out on that, right? So yeah, I think there will be a time and a place where you'll actually see pitchers be called on it. it, it it's like in the NHL, like they always they always knew who had the illegal sticks, right? And because the equipment managers would would uh, would measure before the like the they would measure the opposing team's sticks when they weren't at the rink or whatever it was, and then. Uh, They'd let the the coaches know, so they had it in their back pocket if they needed to to call someone out. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and a lot of players are smart about it too. Like you know, you see some of these guys; they have a stick that they use just for the power play. Well, that stick probably has Illegal a curve. banana curve on it. Whereas <laughs> you know, after the after the power play is done, they're going to go back to a stick where it's like, okay, like you want to, you know, I have an illegal stick, but do you know which one it is? That's why I think they. They switch their stick. That's one of the reasons why I think they switch their sticks a lot on in hockey. Yeah, and a lot of guys would do that because they'd have the one stick for the first and second, and then when it came down to the third period, they switch sticks so it wouldn't be illegal. So that way, if it ever got called, because normally teams call in the third period, right when they're down yeah. a goal or something, like hey, we need to get a power play. Then, yeah. then that's why they make sure to switch their stick for the third period. Yeah, makes sense. But the uh, the one thing I saw not too long ago was Carlos Randon's take on it. And apparently he said, if you're going to get give out 10 games for suspension or yeah, a 10 game suspension for cheating, but you give the fucking Astros no suspension at all. Well, they're getting suspended with pay. So it's not really. Yeah, they're getting suspension. a 10 day they're, vacation. They're not, allowed to, they're not allowed to play. So it's a deterrence more than. Yeah, but punishment. nothing happened to the Astros and they fucking cheated. <laughs> like, that's what he's trying to get. He's like, you're. you're well, gonna- they did. They did punish the team, but you couldn't. What are you going to do? Like, you think the union's going to sit there and let you make accusations unless they you know the the players weren't the ones ringing the ringing the can right so you know how do you how do you punish those guys how can you prove that they were using it using the can somebody's banging it while you're hitting doesn't mean that you know that you're you know listening well you know Otuve had a buzzer or something on his chest because that's why he didn't want to have his jersey ripped when he hit that home run allegedly come on allegedly that was the first thing he said when he was coming down like to the to his teammates at home plate, he was grabbing the shirt. He's like, do not touch the shirt. Like, do not rip it off. Any other time, they'd be ripping it off. Like, no problem. Like, he can give a shit. But that time, he was like, oh, don't rip it off. Don't rip it off. I don't think he said, don't rip it off. Don't rip it yeah, off. Yeah, he did. Were you reading lips? Yeah, I was. Watch the replay. He's like, don't Cruella fucking touch lip it. Reader. 
Are you sure he wasn't saying don't suck me off? <laughs> Maybe he was. Who knows? Maybe that's his type of thing. I don't know. I don't know what they do in the Astros uh, clubhouse. Are you just salty because they beat the Red Sox? Why would I be salty about that? Aren't you a Red Sox fan? No. That's Carly. <laughs> hey, did you see uh, see the video of uh, Manny Ramirez's kid hitting bombs? No, I didn't see that. Uh, he's got he's got like identical swing to uh, to his old man. Nice. Manny Ramirez Jr. I think he's 18. What happened, Jones? Breaking news. No, I was just celebrating a Jordan Everly shot on goal. Not going to lie. Oh. Yeah, but Barzell's <laughs> the one who scored it. Yes, Barzell scored. So did you, you take... You have an Everly shots bet? I did have an Everly shots bet. Oh, okay. I, I'm afraid he might have been offside, though. Oh, no, that's not good. Do they take the shot away, though, if the... Yeah, if it's offside. the goal comes back? No, but if the goal comes back, does the shot not count? Well, he didn't score. He just got the first shot. But the play was offside, I think. But that's what I mean. But does the shot still count? No. That sucks. I don't think yeah. they're looking at offside here, Jones. I think it's good. I hope they don't. Let's just get on with the game. Uh, Blue Jays bullpen, dumpster fire, absolute fucking brutal. Cost them a couple games over the weekend in Boston. Maybe they should be cheating. <laughs> yeah, maybe they should be cheating. Maybe they should just get better players. they got a ton of injuries, but the guys that they have in there right now fucking suck. Yeah, Jordan Romano is really the only good reliever they have right now. Dolice is okay, but Dolice's signature is getting himself into trouble and getting him out, of tr- getting himself out of trouble. Like that's what he does every time he fucking pitches. He just walks guys. He puts people on base. He usually gets out of it, but he puts a lot of extra strain on himself. Chatwood's fucking brutal. Edwards has been okay, but he's they pulled him off the fucking scrap heap. He's given up home runs left and right. Mesa's been one of their best fucking relievers. And we know when Tim Mesa is one of your most reliable relievers, you're in fucking trouble. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Blue Jays bullpen sucks. But at least Vladdy's fucking good. He's hit homers in four straight games. All four games in Boston, he hit a homer. He's now leading the league in all of the AL Triple Crown categories. Um, he's also the leading vote getter after the first uh, first stage of All-Star voting. Yep. So I think he's leading. Uh, Sorry, there was talk players. of him even uh, competing in the home run derby. I would he recommend competed there last it. year, didn't he? Or Did two he? years ago? Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, where he hit like ninety home runs. Combined, like yeah, in one round he had like he had like a hundred home runs. He didn't win. He lost in the finals, I think, to uh, Pete Alonso. But he had like forty home runs in one round. I think like it was a stupid amount. Yeah. I actually have a fun fact of Vladdy. Not 40 in one round, but it was like 40 on the night. But I think he did have 15 or something in a round. Go ahead, Kudo. So my fun fact. Kudo. Fun facts. Vladdy is the youngest player in MLB history to homer in every game of a four-game road series. How many people in history have done that? I'll have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't mean to stump you. It's just... It seems like a rare feat. Eight to hit home runs in four straight games. It seems rare to do it four on the road in the same series in the same ballpark. Yeah, you know it seems like perfect storm. You, you don't even play that many four game road series, right? Like you know you play probably half a dozen a year. So I see here Fernando Tatis Jr. has a documentary coming out. Uh, will be released July fourteenth. It's called The Rise of El Nino. Wasn't El Nino like a weather pattern or something that yeah, had I'm a big cold sure. front? So all, <laughs> all the cold air was down in, in like Florida. Like all the all the warm places were cold and we were uh, we got a lot of warm weather up here. Something I, like that. I feel like that's something about it. I feel like El Nino is a weather pattern. 
Um, and then this past weekend, uh, state of Illinois lifted their COVID bans. They, so they were in full house at Wrigley state Wrigley field. They had, uh, 150 foot cup snake of, uh, beer cups. I think they ended up getting it through like multiple layers of the stadium. Like it was just ridiculous. It, it arced. Um, they said that it was roughly 24 cups per foot. Um, and it was 105 feet at $12 per beer. Uh, the Cubs made roughly $43,000 on just that cup snake. <laughs> <laughs> just on beer. That's ridiculous. How much? Like just put in perspective how much beer they sell at a game and how much money they make from selling beer. It's just ridiculous. I kind of wish I was at the game to be a part of putting some cups in the cup snake. And they even had a chance. We want cups. Like, which is hilarious. They're just chanting that we want cups so that people would just keep like throwing cups towards like that uh, section of the stadium. Like just hilarious. Whatever you can to make a cup snake. Yeah. And then the best part I think is usually at the end of the game, if the Cubs do win, they just throw the whole fucking snake up in the air and they just like showered in cups. Hmm. And showered in like backwash. Yeah, backwash. <laughs> and then there's the fifth wave happening. <laughs> During COVID they haven't time. even had a second wave in the U.S. So no, it's just been one big wave. Yeah, yeah. And yet here we are. <laughs> yeah, hoping just getting out of first. We're just in the first stage of the reopening plan of wave three. Yeah, with projected wave four on the horizon. And I'm sure oh, we're in like wave four. Who knows with these fucking people? Wave five is not far behind wave four, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Euro Cup is officially underway. Each pool has played their first matchup. The Portuguese survived a scare today, got a favorable call on an offside in about the 80th minute where Hungary looked to have taken the lead. It was definitely offside. Then they got a lucky bounce on a, a cross that hit a leg and ended up on the on a guy's foot, and then the shot hit another leg and ended up in the net. Then kind of a fluky penalty it was a legit penalty, but it was kind of a fluky play that led to a penalty. Ronaldo scores on the penalty, and then he scores again in extra time. They ended up winning three nothing with three goals in the last ten minutes of the game. Uh, but they they got lucky. They did not get lucky. Okay. They had some calls that were fucking brutal, too. They the, got lucky. I thought the fucking refereeing in the NHL was brutal during the playoffs. The fucking refereeing in soccer in the Euro is fucking brutal. And these Man. guys flop like worse than LeBron James. He would fit in playing soccer the way he flops. Like, I can't stand it. Even some of the Portuguese guys, I was like, get up. Like, I don't know how many times I yelled to my TV watching the game saying, get up. Like, what are you doing? Get up. He barely touched you. Get the fuck up. <laughs> I can't stand these guys. They, they like they to drop fall. it every pot like every anytime anyone touches them anything they fall down the guy got touched in the back of his heel he dropped like his ankle broke you should have seen which game was it yesterday it was the Poland game some guy you know he was he was running ahead of the guy with the ball and the guy who was chasing him kind of kind of gave a little tug on his shoulder and the guy took like four or five more steps and then dropped to the ground because the guy was like catching up to him yeah. and the ref gave the guy a yellow card and then I don't know. I'm going to say 20 minutes later, the guy got a second yellow card and got kicked out of the game. But like the first yellow card he got was so soft. I was like, why wouldn't people do that all the time? Like here, I'm just going to start running away. And then you barely touch me. I'm just going to trip over my own two feet and fall to the ground. I feel like, like they do, Poland, do that. Did Poland win? No, Poland lost. Not not a good start for my teams. Although Netherlands won. Yeah. 
but Croatia and Poland both lost. Yeah, but Croatia played England. England, yeah. Uh, with the penalty shot goal today, uh, Ronaldo set the individual record for most goals ever scored in the Euro Cup. I think he's up to 11 now. Yeah. Uh, the previous record holder had nine, which seems kind of low. I know, I think soccer is becoming a more high scoring game these days than it was traditionally in the past. But, well, you know, how many euros did they play in to only get not like, even if you're scoring like three goals a tournament, like that's only it's every three four goals, years, right? Yeah. But, you know, they're, you figure they're playing in the good players are playing in four tournaments in their lifetime. Yeah. But not but every country only, makes it you, in either. You only go out in the group stage and yeah, you can go in the group stage. Like, you see, like, there's a lot of... When you see the the better teams playing each other, like today, Germany and France played each other, and it was one nothing, and the goal was scored on an own goal. Yep. So, like, no, technically, no one gets a... You know what I mean? No one gets a goal in that game, but there was a goal scored, so... And yeah, and France count. scored a second one, but that was also called offside. That one was yeah. a lot closer than what the Portugal one looked like well, in that game. That, that Mbappe guy from France, he might be faster than Usain Bolt. Yeah, but he was definitely ahead of the guy. Oh, yeah. The guy's a speed demon. But, like, it was close. That, like, I don't know if I would actually call that offside. It was pretty damn close. Is he faster than me in the 200? Uh, No. I think you'd beat him in the 200. 100, he has you for sure. But the 200, <laughs> you've got him. He's like ex- He's got explosive speed where you've got, like, the distance speed. I don't know. He had speed yeah, at the wow. beginning there. I was going to maybe take him at the 100. Uh, yeah, Maybe. Fucking smoke him just like I smoked my daughter in that race. <laughs> just destroyed her, left her in the dust. Did she even make it around the bend? No, she quit. She didn't did she? eventually. She she ended up quitting. She went and sat in the bleachers. Oh, okay. Probably saying that Daddy cheated. Yeah, he Kevin probably tried to trip her. Or said maybe probably told her her shoe was untied, so she stopped running to ch- check her shoes. Oh, he probably said go after he started running. <laughs> yeah. Ready, set. He starts running. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big story so far in the in the Euro was one of the first games, and it was a scary situation. Uh, Christian Eriksen of Denmark uh, collapsed on the field. He um, suffered a, a heart attack. Players on the field immediately knew something was wrong. They were calling for for help. It seems like they you know stabilized his body, supported him. They ran. They performed CPR on the pitch before the first responders arrived and. We're able to use a defibrillator to um, shock him back into rhythm. Uh, I heard a lot of reports that he was like, he was gone on the field. Like he just know he was gone. Um, so, you know, credit to the, the medical staff. It seems like it was the, the Danish uh, or not the Danish, the, uh, the Denmark um, team captain. Yep. Um, guy's name is Simon. I don't know. KJ. A E R. Jar. <laughs> He, uh, I, I saw kind of a, a thing, a post yesterday on on social media somewhere about like how you know leadership responds in uh, in time of crisis, and they said that he like stabilized the neck. He was helping perform CPR once the medical responders there. He had his teammates build a wall around him so that you know the spectators couldn't you know take pictures of uh, of what was going on there. Yeah, kind of give him privacy. After, uh, you know, after they, they got him up, he was, uh, he went and found, uh, Erickson's wife in the stands and, you know, filled her in, consoled her, you know, 
let her know, you know, the situation and what was going on. And, you know, like credit, credit to that guy. And then he, uh, and then he was able to rally his teammates after, you know, they FaceTimed with Erickson from the hospital and he said he wanted them to go play. And, you know, he got his teammates back up for the game and they went back out and I think they beat Finland, didn't they? they no, they lost. no, they lost. No, they lost. Yeah, they lost one, nothing. Yeah. Either way, good on that guy. Tough, tough situation to, uh, to be in. Yeah, like you got to give the guy a ton of credit because a lot of people would have probably panicked in that situation, and he just like, nope, this is what needs to happen, and he yep. did it, and uh, basically saved the guy's life. And apparently, like these two guys are really good friends as well. Both of them obviously playing on the Danish team for a while, but I know that during the last club season, Ericsson played for. Uh, Inter Milan and the other guy played for AC Milan so they would spend a lot of time together like going for dinners and at each other's houses and stuff like that as well so I'm sure for him seeing that going on was a uh, very scary situation as well just because they spent so much time together right yeah like you know credit for him for you know being prepared and you know knowing how to handle the situation doing what needed to be done and quick thinking you know, saved Erickson's life. And any other, uh, any other Euro stories you guys want to uh, touch on? Italy won their first game. Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah but nobody England cares. Won. <laughs> France won today. My three teams are three and zero right now. Just, just saying. North Macedonia almost got it done, but they uh, <laughs> collapsed late. Hey, you never know, right? Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go through my stuff quick here. Wasn't even going to do stuff this week. I didn't even write it on the doc, so it's going to be completely new stuff for you guys. Oh wow! But then we'll get into PGA. So uh, a couple, just a couple things, a couple things in the stuff. First thing, UFC. Don't know what the two hundred something went this weekend. Uh, a couple title fights. Return of uh, Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz. Return of Nate Diaz. Return of uh, Hosk to betting. Uh, followed by a quick exit. After I lost all my bets, <laughs> yeah, good, uh, good card overall. We had a undefeated, uh, undefeated fighter lose lose the first fight that we picked the winner on Jones. I forget the guy's name. Anyways, he got uh, caught in a triangle, and the guy broke his arm. Yeah, because he didn't just dangle. His the arm is like dangling. He's in the he's in like a triangle, and the guy's just pounding him. And it, it was it was the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in in fight. It, it was. It, it was fucked up. Like his arms dangling, so he can't even do anything. The guy's just feeding him <laughs> like shots because like he he probably his his arm probably didn't hurt anymore because it was broken, so he didn't uh, didn't submit. Uh, weird card, anyways. Uh, we had a title change. Uh, Mourinho beat uh, Figueredo, uh by rear naked choke. I want to say, and um, Israel Adesanya uh, defended his belt against um, the Italian uh, Marvin Vittori. That was a five-round unanimous decision, 50-45. to 45. Adesanya, they said one every round, so is what it is. Nate Diaz lost his return, but um, he it sounded like it was a pretty entertaining fight. He was all bloodied um, at the end, but he, you know, if people are saying if that fight went, you know, 20, 30 more seconds, that he probably would have come out with a knockout, so he must have been pushing the, uh, the tempo late, so. Uh, WWE had in your house pay-per-view on, uh, Sunday night last week for NXT. 
Uh, I haven't watched that one yet, but I did catch up on the eight episodes of NXT I didn't watch previous to that. So once I catch up on NXT, on uh, In Your House, I'll let you know now. Um, and then this Sunday is Hell in a Cell. Um, I'm a bit behind because I was on the road. I think uh, Roman Reigns is stepping into... Kudo, you, you probably know better than uh, I do. What's he's going in, on he's stepping into the Hell in Cell with um, Rey Mysterio Jr. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know I'm, why, yeah. but um, yeah, okay, well, let's just take a few more years off Rey Mysterio's life. Exactly. <laughs> probably had something to do with his cousins not beating Rey and Dominic for the tag titles, or have they... Yeah, and, and because of uh, Roman Reigns basically beating the shit out of uh, Dominic Mysterio, so Rey wants revenge for Roman beating up his son, basically, is what I'm getting from it. Got it. Uh, any other... Uh, any other matches on the card that you want to talk about? Who's Bobby Lashley fighting? Uh, Drew McIntyre. And if Drew McIntyre doesn't win this match, then he can not go for the title ever again. Hmm. So it sounds like he probably will win. Probably. Considering <laughs> they're going back on the road and they probably want to give the title back to Drew McIntyre to have while they go on the road. Yeah, or something will happen and he'll get another shot at like wrestling yeah, at like SummerSlam or something. I, I can see them putting it back on him at SummerSlam, giving him the, the big crowd pop. Yeah, maybe. They uh, apparently sold a shit ton of tickets for WrestleMania this past week, like it, or uh, for SummerSlam, not WrestleMania. But uh, apparently, SummerSlam hadn't been selling very good. But they, you know, they sold like more than seventy percent of the tickets this week. So sounds like that's going to be a pretty big event for the WWE French Open finals. Uh, some no-name women won. The, I, I don't even know. There was four. The four semifinalists and the women were all pretty well unranked uh contenders don't know who won it i know djokovic won the men's he beat uh stefano tosipis in the finals he beat rafael nadal in the semifinals it was nadal's first ever semifinal loss at roland garros uh so now djokovic is one major title behind federer and nadal for most all time i think yeah djokovic was down like two sets to none in that final two yeah. came back and went in went in the fifth yeah crazy yeah he's he's unreal people don't like him they don't want him to be the best of all time but i think he is he's gonna be the best of all time yeah i agree all right guys do you want to get into our pga us open preview or do you want to get right into the fantasy draft well we can do do a quick preview i guess it's at i know it's at tory pines got that got that much what else we got yep tory pines you know, the rough always plays a thicker at the U.S. Open. Probably going to be one of those things where they hit the ball in the rough and it uh, you won't be able to find it. So there's that. So it's going to, you know, you're going to have to be accurate off the tee or you're going to have to hack it out pretty well. Bryson DeChambeau is the defending champion at the U.S. Open, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's either him or Morikawa. I think Morikawa won the PGA last year, but I could be wrong. Well, did you see that thing where Brooks and um, Bryson were going to be uh, grouped together to tee off? Yeah, but the, then... U- the USGA asked them if they asked Bryson if he would play with Brooks, and he declined. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's real or not. Like, I, I, I did hear rumors that they were thinking that they were talking about putting those guys together. But really, if the USGA wanted to put them together, they just put them together. They wouldn't ask for permission, right? So I don't know. I don't know if there's anything to that or not. Maybe it was somebody affiliated with the USGA or something like that 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 asked. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it was Bryson DeChambeau that won 
uh, last year. So there's that. I just just got an update that the Canadian men's soccer team defeated Haiti four nothing. And oh no, four nothing on aggregate. So I think they won three nothing tonight, and they move into the final group for World Cup qualifying. And this is the first time in 24 years that Canada has uh, has done this. So there's that. What do they call it? The hex or something like that? Yeah, I think so. So now I think they got to play like Mexico, USA. I don't even know who else. Yeah, probably be like Panama. Oh, Honduras. here we go. Canada ranks 70th in the world will join Mexico, United States, Jamaica, Costa Rica, Honduras, Panama, and El Salvador. And the octagonal to be played later this year and in early 2022. The top three teams in the tournament will advance the World Cup, while the fourth place team will advance to the inter-confederational playoffs. So there's that. So they have a fighting chance. Yeah, they've got some good players. Like this, this would be a big step if they could qualify for that World Cup because they host the next one. It'll be, you know, it'd be huge for them. Yeah, they're not guaranteed to get a host berth into the next one, but it, it sounds like they they should because um, there's three there's three hosts. So I think, but I think they're expanding the format for 2026. Even I don't know about 20, maybe for 2022 even, but it sounded like they were expanding for 2026. Yeah, I would think so too. All right, so back to golf. I guess we should get into our picks, eh? Let's do it. So we'll run our uh, traditional into sports and stuff fantasy draft. Uh, it will be six rounds. Uh, Kudo gets the first pick. Um, Hosk has Jordan Spieth on his team automatically. And uh, Kudo, you're on the clock. I'm going to have to go with Dustin Johnson. What are the odds he misses the cut? Yeah. They just want. They just had to escalate. Like, yeah, he was probably like, you know, one in a hundred to miss the cut. Now he's probably like one in ten. <laughs> let's let's just take a quick look. Oh, he's not. It's, his odds aren't even that uh, that bad for him to make the cut, but or miss the cut. Sorry. Anyways, all right, Jones, you're up. With my first pick, I am going to s- select John Rom back from the COVID. You think they got it all? I think they got it all. <laughs> With the third selection in the Into Sports and Stuff U.S. Open Championship Fantasy Draft, Team Hosk selects Colin Morikawa. Kudo, you're on the clock. Brooks Kepka. Bill Sexy Cavs Nicholson. Fuck. I got to take him off my list now. Seems like a reach to me, but uh, seems like Kudo was ready to uh, to grab him, so probably a good pick. I'm going to take Patrick Cantlay. Oh, I got to take him off my list too now. Fuck. <laughs> oh, yes. Kudo's list is running short. You need to insert a uh, Chris Jericho. You just made the list. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? You know what just happened? Because you didn't do what he said? You know what? You know what? You just made the list! Oh, no. Justin Thomas. I said his name right. I was about to say, is that Thomas or Thomas? Justin Thompson. Nice pick. Nice pick. Thomas. (laughs) I got to take, who was I going to take? Xander Shoffley. 
I'm going to take Victor Hovland. I am taking Hideki Matsuyama. Matsuyama. I'm going to take Scotty Scheffler. I'm going to take Sung J M. I'm going to take Tommy Fleetwood. I like that pick, Kudo. Thank you. I'm going to take Tony. I'm always in the running, but never win. Finau. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Finau. Okay, yeah. with my last pick, I'm going to take Bryson DeChambeau. I just clicked on his name, too, thinking you were going to say his name. I'll trade you him for Fleetwood. Yeah. No, I'm okay. Could have had our first ever trade. Yeah, almost. But I would have vetoed it, so it's okay. You don't have the you don't have the power. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you need more Smiths, don't you? Yeah. All right, for my last pick, I'm going to take the Canadian, Corey Connors. I feel like he's a staple on your team, Kudo. Mr. Thursday Friday, Corey Connors. <laughs> I like to try to take a Canadian. Okay, Pig? <sighs> Boy, with my last pick, I'm going swinging for the fences. I'm going to take Mark Leishman. Oof, off the board. Yeah. Mr. Irrelevant really coming through here. I, can't, I don't even know how to spell his name. He's so far off the board. Would you like me to tell you? Sure. L-E-I-S-H-M-A-N. Okay, maybe I do know how to spell it then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good luck, guys. Yes, good luck. Yeah, I'm going to need it. Yeah, you are. Yes, yes, you are. Well, Jones, I think you're up. I'm up, am I? All right. Let's let's get this show on the road here. Grill it up. It's the grill. It's the grill. All right. Do you guys think with the new baseball rules, it will stop pitchers from finding ways to, I don't want to say, well, I'm going to say cheat because I guess it because of the new rules, it would be cheating. Or do you think they will find new ways to get these substances on their bodies somewhere? I think they'll find new ways or they'll find new substances. Yeah, I've got a thought, but I want I want Kudo to answer first, and then I want. Yeah, I feel like they are going to find like new ways to do something. Okay, I was thinking about this earlier, and it seems crazy, but then I think about it a little more, and in this day and age, is it really? I'm wondering when, not if, but when somebody will like genetically modify their fingertips or like have plastic <laughs> surgery on their fingertips. No, 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 like, I, like I'm being serious. I like, know you are, and that's why I'm laughing. Like, I don't want to say, like, they got, like, sandpaper or fingertips, but, you know, like, uh, they got, like, a grip substance fingertips, and, you know, as, you know, like, what would what what could MLB do in that situation, you know? like It's like Mrs. Doubtfire when he gets the mask made for him to make himself look like a woman, but they get fingertips to help them grip the baseball better. Yeah, I'm talking almost more like... Like plastic, like a plastic surgery type, but they replace. I don't even know what to compare it to. Okay. It's like when in the movies, when the people get like spikes put in their spine or something like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, just, just a thought I had today about, you know, like, cause you know, at, at some point somebody's going to get pissed off and, and do something extreme. Right. And, you know, I'm just thinking like in the, in the day and age we live in with like all the medical, you know, and technological advancements, I'm sure they could, they could do something like that where they modify where they modify your your fingers. Finger transplant. 
like finger uh, fingertip cover skin transplant. I feel like that's something that like Trevor Bauer would look into. Yeah, it's like they probably not even do it on all their fingers. They just do it on like their their index and their middle and their thumb, right? Like just their throwing <laughs> like, hand. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a it's like like a modified skin graft or a, a synthetic skin graft or something like that on their on their pitching fingers. Yeah, I could see it maybe going to that extreme or that advanced and like how, like, like really, what could Major League Baseball say? I don't know what they could do there. Did their fingertips become like uh, what was that? That sticky, um, like a sticky tack. Like it was like uh, a like a slime. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Like uh, it came in like a can when we were kids. It was like a slime. Yeah, a slime. Yep. Well, but it was like it was like a Play-Doh slime kind of thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, I think I know what you're talking about. They, yeah. they, they get they get like that as their finger as like your fingertips, like. <laughs> That'd be, I don't know, that'd be interesting to see. Like, I don't know if you could pull that off. Sorry. Oh, with science these days, who knows? It was, just, it was just something I was thinking about earlier today. And I was thinking that, you know, would, would it go to this extreme? It probably could. Give it a couple of years. Yeah, you never know, right? You just never know. All right. The, all, the, all the listeners from this, uh, this podcast uh, getting ideas now. And, uh, yeah. Trevor Bauer, who's listening to us. He's a regular listener for sure. Next one is... Do you guys think that Vladdy is having a better season than when Josh Donaldson won the MVP in, I think it was 2015, I want to say, but I could be totally wrong. Right now he is, but the thing with Donaldson's MVP season is he really took off in the second half of the year. It was like after they made those deadline deals and and Donaldson was like lights out down the stretch when they, I think they gained like 15 games on the Yankees from the time they, uh, from the time of the trade deadline to the end of the season when they won the division. So he was, you know, Donaldson was lights out in the second half where Vladdy's been unreal the first half. So right now, definitely he's having a better season. It'll just be how it, it compares at the end, but he's definitely on pace to have a better year. Yeah. I feel like his numbers are better right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think Donaldson only finished with 40 home runs that year. Vladdy's got 22 already. Yeah. He's hitting 340. I think Donaldson hit like three. I want to say three twelve. I don't even know if he, but he may not even have been over five or over three hundred that year. Yeah, but didn't like Josh Donaldson like have a better lineup around him too? Like, you know what I mean when you think about. Mm, I think this Blue Jays lineup is pretty good. Yeah, they're they're unproven, but they're good. Like Simeon's an all star. He yeah. was a MVP runner up a couple of years ago. George Springer hasn't even played. He's he's doing rehab right now. He's gonna be back soon. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like Tay Oscar. At this time, like you got to look right now. Anyways, they've got a lot of unproven guys. When these guys get back, like Springer gets back, he he's more of a proven guy. But when you're looking at Josh Donaldson back then, he had like Batista, Encarnacion just surrounding him, right? So like it was like yeah, but they also had and, like Kevin Pillar hitting, yeah, playing true. every day. Yeah, I'm trying to think who they're like. I mean, they ended up picking up um, what's his face, right fielder from the Phillies. Yeah, Tulo yeah they got Tulo. Batista was in right field. Second base was I can't even remember. I don't think it was somebody that was that good. First base was Edwin and Chris Colabello. Justin Smoke. Smoke too, yeah. But Smoke wasn't even having a good year. Yeah, Smoke took off kind of after that. Is he still playing or is he retired? Smoke? Yeah. He was with the Brewers. I think he went to Japan this year or something like that. Oh, he's playing in... Oh, not... No, kudos if 
a Korean baseball guy. Yeah, I haven't been, been watching. Yeah. Could have gone to Korea. I'm not sure. He was with the Brewers last year, though, but I, I feel like he went overseas this year. All right. Last one here for Kudo. It's a, it's a Montreal Canadiens question. What wink do you think was better? Patrick Waugh's in 93 or Carey Price's last night? I would have to go with uh, Patrick Waugh's wink because he did it towards a Kings player and Price's wasn't that good of a wink and he did it to his teammate. And he did the wrong the wrong eye. He did the opposite of what Waugh's eye was when he winked. Was he trying to be Waugh? No, nah, probably not. But at the same time, it's just funny how right away when he did that, they picked up on it. And like Jones said earlier, Today was what, like two seconds later, they had Waz uh, video of him winking. The video of Wall winking. I didn't see the Carey Price one. I saw a Carey Price one from a practice that he he did the wink, but I don't. So I don't know what Carey's look like. Patrick Waugh, eh, who who cares? That's my answer. Wall greatest of all time. I'm a I'm a Waugh fan, but I have to say that Martin Broder is better than Patrick Waugh. Okay, we can be here all night talking about it. Uh, we're not. Preach! So, Patrick was the best. That's all yeah. that matters. Go, Habs, go. All right, so that's all I got for you. That little pig. That'll do. I have one more thing before... Uh, not not grill related before we close it off here. Just want to know, did any of you guys see the German soccer coach today? Oh my god. The sniffing of the two fingers? The two fingers stuck up his <laughs> nose. <laughs> sniffing. Uh, that guy like there's something what wrong with sniffing? him. Where did he have the fingers first? Uh, well, see why this is a big thing is back in I think it was twenty sixteen, I wanna say. He was caught on camera. <laughs> scratching his ass and then sniffing his fingers and then in game while, while he's coaching yeah on the sidelines yeah. and then he was also the he had his lines. hand under under his armpit as well and then he was sniffing yeah. his fingers and this guy just loves sniffing himself so i heard it on 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 overdrive today and uh i found it quite funny but do you guys think that when germany's playing they have like one camera just dedicated to this guy like just watch to see where he's gonna stick his fingers and then sniff it or what what's going on they must i bet you there's a camera guy out there who's like you know what this guy's probably. gonna do something. they probably have one on and they probably have one on the bench all the time anyways so. yeah but it's just kind of funny that they uh yeah it was just two fingers basically right up the nose just sniffing and i, I found it quite funny so thought i'd throw that out to you guys nice all right anything else that's all i got for you all righty well go habs go And thanks, everyone, for joining us for our 55th episode. We really appreciate all the support. Please give us a follow at Instagram at Into Sports and Stuff. And follow us on Twitter at Into Sports Stuff. Into Sports Stuff. That's what it is. There's no end in that one. There's no end end in that one. (laughs) And feel free to send us your personal picks of the week and let us know any topics you want us to talk about on the show. Check out T Public and MeUndies if you want a nice pair of underwear. In the show notes, any girl listeners out there, you know, Father's Day's coming up. Guys can always use underwear, so there you go. And don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And we'll see you next week, and we'll get into sports and stuff. Hey, LeBron James, how about you stop flopping and hit the music? Happy Father's Day. Bye. Bye.